Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, they are everywhere you go, staring at you wherever you look and hiding in everywhere you watch. Adverts and the mystical world of advertising has been fascinating, enthralling and sometimes even enraging audiences since the 16th century. But just what goes into making a truly great ad? To answer that and so much more, I'm delighted to be joined by three of the industry's brightest minds. Indeed, we have Charlie Stoney. She's the chief executive of IAPI. That's the Institute of Advertising Practitioners here in Ireland. Vonnie McDermott is the managing director of Connolly Partners here in Dublin. And Fiona Field is the managing director uh, of uh, Omni Ireland, uh, OMD Ireland even. Um, And you're very welcome to the programme. Now, Charlie, we'll give you the platform to set the stage and the story for us. Tell us, first of all, um, what makes a good ad? Uh, thank you, Bobby, and thanks for um, having us on today. I'm delighted to talk about this. I I will talk about uh, what makes a good ad very briefly because my uh, uh, Vonnie is actually probably going to be the better person to answer this question in that she heads up a creative agency. But what I will say, you said it in your introduction, it's an ad that elicits an emotive response. Okay. okay. So what we're hoping for is that it's a positive emotional response. I.e. Um, buy me or it, uh, think about buying me. Well, it's or not even buy remember me. Remember me. It's more like me, like yeah. me, like my brand, you know, have a relationship with us. You know, we're good people. We're a good company. That's much more what we're doing these days than sell me, sell me. But I think what I'm going to do, if you don't... don't well, I'll, I'll, I'll do it I for have? you. Okay. And I will bring in Vonnie McDermott, <laughs> the managing director of Connolly Partners. Uh, yeah. And you can tell us, Vonnie, what does make a good ad? Um, I think, Bobby, what's interesting about this is no matter what your business is or no matter what your brand is, you have a job to do. And it can be one of four things. We have like a, I suppose it's like a um, a quadrant that we'd say. And that is, it is either to drive awareness, it is consideration, it is conversion and then advocacy and loyalty. So no matter what stage you're at in your business cycle, you need to do one of those things. So an ad is going to be in one of those categories. Exactly. So no matter what. And could it be in more than one at absolutely. the same time? Absolutely, and it could yeah. be the same idea and you're going to have a different way to execute that through the different, you know, whatever you needed to do. So if it's about awareness, you might be using TV, you might be doing radio, you might be doing different, you know, outdoor. And then once you have that attention and somebody knows about that brand, then you want them to consider you. Why would somebody choose, when you do create an ad, what you want somebody to do is to choose your product or brand over another. Yeah. So when someone's going to shop and they're looking for we're going to say tissues. Why should they choose Kleenex? Why does Kleenex come front of mind? That's what the ad has done, is to get that consideration. And then the next piece of advertising is about conversion. So you need people to actually buy it. So they add, at each stage, your ad has to yeah, do a certain job. And just also then, it also depends on where you are, I suppose, in the brand cycle. Exactly. If you're an established brand, you mentioned Kleenex there, you know, your message might be different than if you're some new tissue exactly. coming into the market. Because if you're a new brand, then you're going to, it's all about the awareness and setting up your okay. brand positioning. So it's different. So for each stage of your brand cycle, there's a different ad and that is a different job. Uh, let's talk to Fiona Field, Managing Director of OMD, just the creative process. Fiona, how does it work yes. when, when, we're, when we're talking about 
coming up with an ad. Tell us how it all happens. Yes, so our, um, uh, I suppose our, just to introduce uh, who Sorry. OMD yeah, um, uh, are, and delighted to be here, Bobby. So OMD was set up in 2006 uh, when there was a need to have more of a specialist offering to cater for the growing media needs. So uh, our principal role uh, within the eco <laughs> chain of the advertising industry is to advise clients as to where to invest their media marketing budgets. And that can be across a range of uh, media platforms, if you consider it could be search, it could be social, it could be TV, uh, radio, audio, anywhere basically that you can put an ad. Um, so we then would work together with uh, the agency partners, creative agencies, research agencies, and together with the clients across pretty much every sector um, to be able to devise campaigns. So, you know, agencies like Connolly Partners would come up with a creative concept and we then would come up with a, a media plan, um, you know, devised with the client's objectives in mind so that we can actually drive that effective campaign and, you know, reach So before for we the go clients. back to Charlie then, Vonnie, maybe you might walk us through the creative process. Okay. Typically, I know it's probably different for different products and different brands. So now I'm going to take the floor for 20 minutes. No, the girls no, are going, no, no, no. You don't have so 20 you want minutes. It. I know, yeah, you want the ladybird version. Yeah. So the ladybird version is everything starts with a challenge or an opportunity. So what keeps a business director up at night late, thinking, OK, what is their biggest problem? So they'll come to us with that. They'll either have a problem that needs some sort of solution or they have an opportunity. It could be a sponsorship and they're going, how are we really going to maximise this event um, for our brand? Um, and often it can be um, that they have a new product or a new business launch that they need to as well. So they decide what the problem is or what the opportunity is. They come to us and then we will do background research through our strategy department and research. So who is the audience? Where are the audience? What do they need to know? So there's a science. It's there's a, a science. science behind it. Yeah. Then they come up with an insight and then they write the brief for the creative department. So they will have a creative brief. It'll be max two pages. The whole thing about this is keeping it simple. So they should be able to put in a nutshell in one line what the insight is and then that goes over to the creative department and they go do their magic. Okay, Charlie, can you tell us a little bit about how the advertising industry has changed maybe over the decades? You know, we we have images of madmen and smoke-filled rooms and long lunches and all that good stuff that we sometimes wish would come back again. But that seems to be all gone. It, uh, it, it has, it has. And, and uh, you know, I'm in a privileged position, really, because heading up by Appy, which is the voice of the, the commercial creativity industry, you know, I see it from, from every angle. And, and, and I guess um, the word advertising in itself is, is a misnomer these days because it encompasses <clears throat> absolutely everything from, from events to PR to the ads you see on TV, which is the more sort of traditional way of looking at it um, to TikTok, you know. But um, and, and as the voice of the industry, we, we have such a varied range of members. But I think in terms of progression, to answer your question specifically, I think the most obvious, um, I suppose, the most obvious sign of progression is through the increased diversity of our workforce. And specifically when you compare it to Mad Men, it's, you know, we've got... 43% of our board positions across the whole industry are held by women. That's good. Which is phenomenal. Yeah. When you compare it also to the industry average, we've got 11% from the LGBTQ plus community versus 4% of the industry average. So we're a very diverse, very progressive. I mean, I suppose the other thing that we focus on more now than we used to in the Mad Men era was a lot of our advertising these days is to promote societal change and, and have a positive impact on society. So if you look at, you know, the role we played with the abortion referendum, if you look at the role we played with marriage, the, the, the marriage equality, um, 
A lot of it was driven, those messages have to get across the general public, and a lot of it was driven by our industry, such as the COVID messages. Um, there's no comparison to how it used to be. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, in a way, it's a shame, and I'm not talking about the misogyny and the whiskey lunches no, and no. all of that. In a way, it's a shame because in those days, our industry and our profession and our science was held up as something that was absolutely imperative for brands. And it's been slightly, I suppose, because maybe of the reputation of that era, it's been slightly, it's slightly changed over time. And I suppose the, 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 I suppose the advertising audience, the customer effectively, has also consumes it in a different way. If we talk about social media, for instance, yeah, that's surely been a game changer absolutely. for advertising. Absolutely. Um, it's been a, such a game changer. <laughs> now the market is incredibly complex. Um, so agencies are really, really needed. Um, and we have a, a huge amount of diverse roles within the organisation, within the company. So you have data and analytics, marketing intelligence, um, strategy, um, all of these kind of new roles to cater for that growing and changing audience. And if you look at where the, the spend has changed over the last number of years, I know certainly when, when I joined the industry, you could probably count um, the amount of media owners in a, in a couple of hands. Yeah. Uh, and now it's incredibly complex, even if you look at social media. So <clears throat> so agencies have, and you know, especially um, in our own agency, we would have a lot of expertise to be able to um, you know, decipher those changes and, and get to the heart of how brands can can be present on uh, those channels. But the, the, the market has changed considerably. Is there another piece, uh, Vani, about, you know, the, the dwell time of, I suppose, yeah. now that if you're looking at TikTok being 10 seconds or whatever it is, that it gets shorter and shorter and the actual competition for to get your voice your out in, in whatever way you're oh, doing. Listen, I, I, could, I love this topic. The girls know I love this topic because it's changed so much over the last number of years. And when you even talked earlier about the process, now when you look at um, the time span, so the attention span, they reckon, is two seconds for people on social and digital. So years ago, that used to be when you drove by and you saw an outdoor billboard. You drove yeah. by you two seconds. Now social and digital has that same problem. So as a brand, how do you get cut through? So it brings us to distinctive brand assets are really important. So like I said, years ago, you could have a 30 second TV, you had 20 second, you had radio. So you could build a lovely idea. So then in social, if it was only 10 seconds. You still got, you knew what was happening. Whereas now, if there's no TV art or and you're just depending on social, how do you know in two seconds that that's somebody's brand? So that brings in the importance of colour, the importance of sound, the importance of visual. So when they see it, they know yeah, yeah and I think the um, what's fascinating as well, I think the whole attention or the area of attention is is incredibly exciting for for advertisers because now we can use eye tracking technology to see if somebody is actually watching your ad. Um, and then we can find learnings uh, around that in terms of you know so literally you're gonna you're gonna be tracking somebody's eye movements. <laughs> Through a, 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 a phone through or a, a panel, PC yeah, or whatever through, it through is. Through a panel, through webcam. And you'll know if somebody has looked at the ad or hasn't. Yeah, if so it's up in the top corner or something. Yes. Yeah, so that their eyes moved up to the right or whatever it is. Absolutely. Um, and we can actually deduce... Um, you know, some learnings from that. So yeah. one of the biggest learnings actually was years ago, you probably would have saved if you had a TV ad, you might have saved the 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 brand, you know, to come up at the very, very end. 
But now with, you know, the attention span of a goldfish, you need to hit that fast. <laughs> we need to make yeah. sure that that brand is up front and centre. So there's a lot of kind of really interesting learnings uh, around that. What about the role of advertising? Like it's it's the commercial wing of so many things. So if I've got a website, if I've got a uh, some sort of uh, social platform and I need to commercialise it, advertising is the key way to do that. So the importance of the industry around actually making other entities profitable. Absolutely. And, and you know, when you see, you know, I suppose it's a balance then between an ad that's unwanted versus one that doesn't irritate you. Let, let's talk yes. about that for a second. Well, I think, first of all, the, the, the um, advertising leading to profitable growth is is the sort of mantra that everybody has in this industry. And effectiveness is the is the um, piece that IAPI champions across the entire industry. People really focusing on effective advertising. And effective also means engaging. So it's not effective as in it drives sales in that instance. It, it's effective in long term, long lasting brand building. And I know Vonnie has a few stats on that. But I think what what we need to understand is that this industry is a vital part of Ireland's um, future growth, Ireland's business growth. The industry itself employs 5,000 people. It, it contributes 1.5 billion to the Irish economy in itself in terms of the media spend through organisations like Fiona's. So in itself, it is a big industry. You know, it is a profession and our whole, well, our DNA is to grow businesses and grow their brands okay nowadays there's a focus and an overlay of responsible growth because of sustainability because of you know the the consumerism um, aspect of it and we're taking that very seriously as an industry what about that I suppose uh, you know you can be a victim of legislation uh, the state decides no more alcohol advertising at at uh, big rugby venues or whatever it is, and then all of a sudden you see uh, a beer zero being advertised, as in the, the the name is still there, but it's it's all very subtle. So you do have to weave your way around, I suppose. Uh, challenges that may be put in front of you yeah. in that sense. Yeah, and I think um, I think brands as well are being um, very very progressive in that and trying to get ahead of legislation, um, in, in in you know to, to to promote that responsibility and you know I think brands they that they want to do good um, in society as well and and how they can help and but I but they also want to sell product. Well, absolutely, because you know it's the responsibility to the shareholders yeah. essentially. Um, but you know I think there's some brilliant examples. Our sister agency PhD worked um, together with Diageo um, for. A campaign called Never Settle and it was um, to support um, the women's six nations and instead of you know just having the advertising campaign what they did is they looked critically and said well actually there's not enough coverage on 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 the airwaves uh, on the newspapers of you know women in sport so rather than having an advertising campaign they actually did both Um, so they ensured that on news talk all of the sports bulletins would have the Women's Six Nations uh, coverage. And that did more for the sport from a long-term perspective. And we know about them really playing Italy today <laughs> as a result exactly. of that. And, and, you know, if you look at that in a, in a slightly deeper way, Fiona, you know, the success or not on the field of play 
you know, advertisers, like everybody else, they want to see performance, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah, as a measure of success. And, and if you look at the, the, the stats in terms of that performance uh, media, so for instance, there's about 830 million um, or 800 to 900 million will be spent on digital media every year. Um, and that's incredible. That has been a marked change in terms of the investment in media. But I think the second thing that all has also happened is we, we're using technology to make those campaigns more effective. But if you look at media owners right around the country, they've done a huge amount to digitize their product, mm-hmm. you know, so that if you want to off the ball, you can listen to it at any time, any place, any device. Uh, and that's been brilliant to see because, I mean, I think that's the future. It's not really the vehicle of where, you know, the, the product is being consumed. It's the relationship that you have, that News Talk has with its consumers. Uh, yeah. And that's true for right across the spectrum. But, but like, and again, in, in our case, you know, with the JNLRs, we've got advertisers look at the numbers. Absolutely. You know, how are you doing? In other words, it and it becomes, you know, uh, you become either more or less valuable based on your results. Oh, you can charge more uh, on the basis of stronger numbers. And that that applies right to any industry, I'd suggest. Well, absolutely. And, and our focus is always going to be on the data. Um, but it's also important to, you know, we have the thing where we kind of we want to maximise the present, maximise the data that we're looking at right now, but prepare for the future. Um, and that's really important in terms of looking at evolving media or media that might be smaller at the moment, but might grow ex- exponentially okay. larger in the future. Vonage, if we look to the future and we look to agencies such as your own Connolly Partners, what changes do you see forthcoming in terms of how you go about your business? Because there's been a lot of change in the last 10 years, for instance. How do you see the next time? Huge amount of change. I do think, first, is to go back to Bobby and what we were chatting about earlier and and casting it. I try and change um, the perception of that because it's an investment. Advertising and, and, you know, marketing communications is an investment in your brand. It's not a cost. and there's been a lot of work done over the last number of years because brands should be at the heart of your, you know, your. And it must be very frustrating in in challenging times where some accountant puts a red line through the advertising campaign because well, he just says we've no money for well that. that. And that goes back to like Charlie's saying because it's about short term and long term, and it is natural, you know, an instinct when times are tougher, whether it's recession or high rates of inflation and and cost cutting. That you're right from an accountant perspective, they look at cutting costs. But actually, all that short term gives a burst, you know, short term always focusing on just sales activations. It only gives those short term bursts and it doesn't give that brand lift. And there's so many studies have shown that when you keep investing in a brand, especially when times are lean, the benefit from that in the longer run uplifts the brand. So when you're in a category and people all start cutting back and you keep spending, it's when they all start spending again, you've put that investment, as I said earlier, the analogy of a flight taking off, you've put that investment in, but you're keeping your brand up there. And And I agree with you, but it's a hard sell to the accountants in times of woe. It is, but I think that, you know, all those short term metrics that can be, you know, on performance, the long term also showed. So when you track your brand, you can see that. Last quick word to you, Charlie, on the future of the industry. Where do you see it going? It's come such a long way. Um, uh, what, what, what trends or, it's going or to things do you see 
are going to happen over the next number of years? Increasingly complex, increasingly interesting, increasingly varied. Lots of new roles coming down the track. Lots of use of AI to augment what we're doing as an industry. Um, creativity is just going to get more and more and more important. Those attention spans are, are reducing. Great creativity is going to be an absolute must. And then the science behind what companies like AMD does for Fiona's company, that science behind complex media planning and buying, that is going to be a real skill. Okay. Well, listen, thank you for letting me into your world. I want to thank my guest, Charlie Stoney. Uh, the Chief Executive of uh, IAPI, um, Vonnie McDermott, Managing Director of Connolly Partners, and uh, Fiona Field, indeed, uh, from OMD. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, very, very interesting Thanks. stuff. Thanks so much, Bobby. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.